I'll look a man in the eye and I will I will I will remove that light from his eyes. I will remove the life from his eyes just to get a very good scarf. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Jeff, what is yeah? the shortest unit of time you can think of? Um uh sleep. <laughs> hey. He's a dad, everybody. He's a dad. That's I don't the, give the much joke because he's a dad. I don't give much of it these days. Uh feels like it goes by in a flash. Shortest unit of time for realsies? Uh what for is realsies. a nanosecond? Is there something lower than a nanosecond? Nanosecond is pretty small. There is something low. There are many things lower than a nanosecond, actually. Um, but we just found a new one. We have a newest shortest measurement of time and we in honor of a new it one? how do we have to find th- isn't it isn't it just like don't we just keep cutting time in half and go well now it's shorter so i mean that's the thing is th- there are theoretical you can keep going shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter but in terms of science and in terms of the physical universe uh yeah. in order for a, a unit of time to be useful and uh and kind of like given the stamp of approval something has to happen within that amount of time, right? Oh, I we see. Need a, okay, We need yeah. a reason, a physical reason within the universe to be like, okay, we need a unit of time this short. It has to be actually measurable to be denoted yeah. as an actual unit of time. Okay, so how do we measure the new new smallest unit of time? Well, uh, I will I will tell you because it is, it is connected to uh, the wildest freaking thing i have ever heard of but first i want to go back through some of these some of these things that are shorter than a nanosecond because everybody does talk about a nanosecond and here's the thing why do you what do you think happens in a nanosecond what what physical thing is connected to the nanosecond uh that's a great question i don't know is it it feels like a um I don't know. Is it? Can we? Do we measure the rotation of an electron around a nucleus or something like yeah, that? Yeah, dude. Yeah, Did actually, I just get that's to part, it? That's not what the nanosecond is, but that is actually what one of the things that we use for things like atomic clocks. So the nanosecond, uh, a nanosecond is ten to the negative ninth power seconds. Okay. okay. So that's a that's you know point and then nine zeros and then a one in a second, okay? And that yeah. is the amount of time it takes for a molecule to fluoresce, for light, for a molecule to light up. Okay. It takes a nanosecond. Um, Sweet. Above a nanosecond is something really funny, and you're gonna, there are a couple words. You're going to love this as a language guy. Ooh. Right above the nanosecond is a unit of time that is 10 nanoseconds, and do you know what that's called, Jeff? Deco nanosecond? <laughs> it's called the shake. That's where a two shake? shakes come from. No way. I thought it was two shakes of a lamb's tail. Two shakes tail. of a lamb's tail, but they turned it into a real thing. That's lovely. They turned it into a shake. A shake That's is amazing. 10 nanoseconds. Yeah. Um, then below I'll that, be back you've got in two shakes or for all of you keeping track, 20 nanoseconds. 20 nanoseconds. <laughs> That's like a bunch of That's like a bunch of fastidious robots. Having a party, like, oh, I'm going to run to the kitchen. Shakes. I will be back in two shakes, measuring. <laughs> <laughs> and you're if back. You, if you've never been to a robot party, you've got to go. They will make you feel better about your friends. 
It's a great, uh, it's a great Oingo Boingo song too. It's a robot party. Uh, kids, ask your parents. Pico, uh, below that is a picosecond, which is 10 to the negative 12. Okay. Uh, and then you have a femtosecond. Femtosecond. Ooh. Yeah. Um, that's the, the girl version. I don't know. That's <laughs> how long it takes a girl a, to say no to me when I yeah, ask they, her that's out. A femtosecond is a, is a second that it's a nanosecond that presents as fem. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, a femtosecond is the pulse time of the fastest laser. The fastest time Ooh. we can get a laser to pulse, turn off, turn on again is a femtosecond. And that's 10 to the negative 15th. Is that the fastest laser in the West? Is that what that's, you're talking about? The the, oh. the two guys that stood on the either end of the uh, of the, the the techno saloon. And one yeah. of them said, uh, your robot party was terrible. <laughs> and the other one said, you'll eat the end of my blaster. And then they, yeah. you know, they stared at each other as the uh, as the computing hologram. Is the hologram of the sun set in the background. Sure. And, Computing and, probability that I am your Huckleberry. <laughs> probability is one to one. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. exactly what happens. And then, the, and then the, the, the fastest laser in the West just won the day as he always does, you know? Mm-hmm. Then we've got uh, an at a second, which is 10 to the negative 18th. And then we've got our new boy, Jeff. So at a second was the previous, the previous shortest amount of time was an at a second. We had an at a second and, uh, yeah, that was the, that was the previous physical measured second. Okay. So what was that a measurement of? So the at a second is, um, <laughs> it's, it's, hold on one second. Okay. So 0.35 at a seconds is the time that it takes for light to travel the diameter of a hydrogen atom. Wow. And then an attosecond itself, an attosecond itself is like the atomic unit of time. So like atomic clocks are calibrated to an attosecond. I'm digging this, but now we found something that is even shorter than an attosecond. Jeff, let me introduce you to the zeptosecond. Oh, that is a sweet name, Zeptosecond. That that owns out a second. Second, you know. Are you ready? Yeah, isn't that good? Yeah. So, the Zeptosecond, uh, it takes two hundred and forty-seven Zeptoseconds for light for a particle of light to cross a hydrogen molecule. A particle of light. So we measured light. Crossing a single molecule, we 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 measured that amount of time. Yeah, and it is so fast that we went. That's the shortest thing we've ever measured. We don't have a thing <laughs> short enough to measure that. We could put it in a decimal of something else, but like, <laughs> you really don't want to go. You really don't want to go to a decimal of something that's already like a, a decimal of a second, right? You want something. You want a specific unit for it, right? Yeah. So yeah. they were like, well. We're gonna call it 247 zeptoseconds because <laughs> it is a trillionth of a billionth of a second. Trillionth of a billionth of a second. It is a decimal wow. point followed by 20 zeros and a one. It's kind of mind blowing. The thing I love most about this is that I would never have thought of units of time as discoverable. 
right? Mm -hmm. You discover new species, you discover new elements for the periodic table. You know, we've done that over the course of human history. The periodic table has had to expand and add new things in the corners of it. We discover all kinds of things. I would never imagine discovering units of time because I feel like, well, time is time is time is time, right? Yeah. But it makes so much sense that you go, well, no, you have to be able to measure it. You have to have something, something to, to measure. Yeah. Yes. So something like, has to happen. That's a perfect so, way of putting it. Yeah. So like discover, but like discovering it is, is kind of a strange, it's a clunky word, right? Because like, right. you're right. It is a number. It is a numeric value, but like, you got to have a reason. They don't, this is not frivolity times. This is not a good time jamboree. This is not clown shoes shit, Jeff. This is yeah. science. Science. This is research. Yeah. We don't have time you gotta, for you to walk in. You skip in, you skip in late, you know, with your, with your fucking sunglasses on and your fucking bluebird on your shoulder. And you're like, oh, it's a zeptosecond. Everybody's like, no, dude, that's fucking frivolity. And we don't have that right now. Yeah. We don't have time for your time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We only have real time. I don't have zeptoseconds to spare over here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a busy, I'm a busy scientist, man. So uh, this is the most accurate measurement of time that we have ever made. It is a leap from the 1999 previous most accurate measurement of time. It's Nobel Prize winning work. Nobel Prize winning work to measure this time. Wow. Uh 1999, they measured time in femtoseconds, which we talked about earlier. Now, femtoseconds, that's the amount of time it takes for chemical bonds to break and form. Okay. And that's fast. (laughs) So we were like, chemical bonds breaking and forming fucking so fast. It's fucking crazy, dude. It's, (laughs) It's a fucking millionth of a billionth of a second. Okay. It's a millionth of a billionth. Okay, Dude, and a so zeptosecond. We're in a different stratosphere. Yeah. You said a trillionth of a billionth, right? A trillionth of a billionth. So this is not, this makes me understand why they need a new word, right? Because it's not like, well, it's slightly faster. We're like in a, we're in an order of magnitude faster, you know? When it's, you're talking about things on a, on, a, on a molecular level, when you're talking about things on a particle level, right? Yeah, it's, they need this scale. They need this scale for you. You and me were like, I don't know. I'll be there in like 15 minutes and 15 minutes can mean anything from five to 25 minutes. Yeah. Sometimes 45, you know, 15 (laughs) minutes is not a, it's not a standard. Yeah. It's not a standard unit of measurement. 15 minutes is whatever 15 minutes needs to be. There's 15 minutes and then there's an hour and then there's like, (laughs) I got to do it tomorrow. Right? Like that's it. (laughs) And, and, and you're talking pre COVID post COVID time is just even more abstracted you know Please, it's like i'll get it anywhere from 15 minutes 15 minutes can now mean anything from actual 15 minutes to uh two to three weeks <laughs> yeah yeah we are we're in the post days of the week calendar you know what i mean we're going to um yeah that's what i'm doing this month <laughs> yeah so they they you know this is a thing where they need to they're measuring actual, uh, you know, atomic and subatomic reactions of physical things in our universe. We've got to measure these things. We've got to figure out why they do what they do and how they do it. And you can't do that by being like, well, it's, it's just a point oh 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 of a second, or it's like, right. no, you need this scale. This is a scale that is 
needed. Does um, this does this article go into the methodology of how they even accomplish measuring something that fast? Like what what instrument is used to even sure. register something that happens that quickly? Sure, I can give you uh not only can I give you the name of the instrument, Jeff? I can give you its very cool acronym. Ooh. Uh, so basically what happens is they set the energy of x-rays, these researchers. These are researchers from uh, Goethe University in Germany. And what they basically did is they shot x-rays um, in a particle accelerator. Yeah, they okay? did. Uh, and they set the energy of the x-rays so that a single photon, a single particle of light, knocks the two electrons out of the hydrogen molecule. Okay. Nothing ever so, bad happened doing that to a hydrogen this molecule. Is totally fine. But like you can imagine, this is quick. This is so fast. <laughs> and it's so <laughs> and it's so small, right? Like the yeah. when you hear about it, it's like, oh God, yeah. So the photon bounces one electron out of the molecule, then the other, like a pebble skipping over the top of a pond. Those interactions create a wave pattern that's called an interference pattern. And then they measure that interference pattern. The actual you know, like we were talking about like the shock waves of an explosion last week. They were measuring yeah. like the interference of just moving these particles. Okay. Yeah. So they use something called a cold target recoil ion momentum spectroscopy reaction microscope. The cold trims. Hell yeah, the cold trims. Hell yeah. It is it's basically Hell it's a, yeah. it's a particle detector that records extremely fast atomic and molecular reactions. And so- Do you think we could get one of those? A cold trims? What would you do with yeah. it if you could get one? I don't know. I think it would be cool to just tell people you had a cold trim. It'd be great for the robot party. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like, uh, you could have cocktails over here. You could have, you know, like people could put in their own music, maybe have like an iPad set up for, you know, selecting your the track you want to play or something. Yeah. And then over here, you know, a cold trims. I don't know. Is a Coltrim's like the dude who starts like doing magic tricks at your party? <laughs> and then everybody feels like, cause if you pull out, if a robot pulls out a Coltrim's and is like, let's see what the smallest thing we can measure is, you know? And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he just starts doing it. And, and at first people are kind of interested and then they're like politely clapping. And then like, you know, 800 quadrillion femtoseconds later at your party, people just <laughs> yeah. sort of feel like they're trapped at the table watching this. And like, it would be impolite to stop. Yeah, that is a bummer. It, 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 it feels like the, the party really can turn on a on a dime right there. You know, everybody's having fun. And then, like you said, eight quadrillion femtos later, you know, you're just uh, everybody's leaving and then you've, you've ruined the party. Everybody's so maybe, leaving. Uh, maybe we shouldn't shouldn't have the cold trims. But I feel I still feel like it'd be cool to have one, you know, just as a just as a conversation starter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like, it like would let's great. measure just, some stuff. I <laughs> let's mean, measure but, but some things. The, you know, you know that thing where it's like, uh, you know, you get to you get to like throw a baseball and and they actually will like clock your speed. Like if you go to a batting cage yeah. or something, and everybody yeah. goes to like try to throw, and you you see how fast you can actually throw. But like, what do you do? You try to see how small you can, like how tiny your movement can be. It's already too big. It's, <laughs> it's already you too standing big. still is already too big. Yeah. 
But I think you could accelerate some particles and uh, and measure them. I you don't know, think be like anybody hey, should accelerate particles at home, Jeff. Let's accelerate the particles of this of my beer and see what happens. You know, what I'm saying? you know what I'm saying? Well, we'll measure it. We'll see what happens. Award-winning science podcast. <laughs> um, Jeff, the there is a uh, there is a theoretical. There is a smaller measurement of time in physics. And uh, it is the time it takes light to travel one Fermi, which is the size of a nucleon in a vacuum. Okay. okay? So this and, is, but we this haven't is a, measured this. This we is a measurement. This is like, yeah, I think this is theoretical. Yeah. This is the amount of time we believe. We haven't, we haven't observed it. Uh, this is the amount of time light takes to travel one Fermi in a vacuum. Do you know what the name of that unit is, Jeff? No, but I'm going to come up with one. How about a Fermi stride? Oh, I like a Fermi stride. Yeah? Yeah, but I I, I never put the Fermi stride in my loadout because it takes too long to cool down. <laughs> That's true. I mean, sometimes it's good for when you're, when you're raiding, you know? Uh-huh. You gotta, you, you'll need a Fermi stride, or at least somebody in your party has to have the Fermi stride. Right. Uh, but... To just get I, behind, I understand. To, to get behind defenses, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the amount of time, Jeff, is called the jiffy. The j j i f f y. You know it, jiffy. Yeah. So they're literally naming it after I'll be done in a jiff. Yep. <laughs> That's incredible. They called it I a love jiffy. Scientists with a sense of humor. Oh, scientists are great. A jiffy, by the way, is uh, that's that's a jiffy in physics. A jiffy in electronics is actually uh, 160th of a second or 150th of a second, and it's uh, used to measure the time between alternating power cycles. Well, no, that just seems a little confusing, right? Now, you, def- you have to define a division that you're talking about a jiffy in. You know, I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. about electronics versus physics. Yeah, you're, talking about, seems- you're talking about an electrical jiffy versus a physical jiffy. Yeah, and then you got, of course, you've got the cuisine jiffy. Which mm-hmm. is the time it takes for a kernel of popcorn to explode into a delicious kernel of popcorn. Uh, the earliest technical usage for the word jiffy, by the way, Jeff, was used in 1875 by uh, Gilbert Newton Lewis. Uh, he proposed a unit of time called the jiffy, which is equal to the amount of time it takes for light to travel one centimeter in a vacuum. It has since been redefined for different measurements depending on the field of study. Actually, if you go back a hundred years from there, <laughs> and I love a hundred, hundred years from Gilbert Newton Lewis, um, the first time it was used was in 1780. The origin is unclear, but we think it was thieves can't for lightning. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We got some D and D shit up in here. Thieves so can't. Thieves can't. So thieves can't was like. I mean, it's not just a D and D thing. It was considered to be a thing that was used. Thieves can't was like a, a you know code that was a used by people who were thieves. Language, yeah, yeah a, a mix of malapropisms and slang and uh, colloquialisms that thieves use to be able to communicate with each other without other people understanding it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, it's like fucking so pirate thieves, talk. Yeah, so thieves would use it as, oh, that's a jiffy, lightning. And then wow. it became a usage for time. And then Gilbert Newton Lewis was like, enough with this frivolity. We don't deal in frivolity. <laughs> Classic scientist. Classic scientist. 
You can't come in. You can't come skipping in here wearing your sunglasses, bluebird on your shoulder. Yeah. And say, no. oh, I'm here. I just took a jiffy. No. What does a jiffy mean? Says Gilbert Newton Lewis. We're going to define and that shit. We're going to define it right now. I'm sick of this thieves can't. Thieves I, can. Thieves. Hey, what about a little thieves can? Isn't that the what attitude that we need right now? <laughs> thieves will. You know, thieves, thieves can and will and do. Uh, so, yeah, but I love this. I love the idea of. Slang informing science, science informing slang. Yeah. This whole idea of like, oh, two shakes. No, we'll make a shake something. Oh, so cool. Uh, oh, yeah, a jiffy? I'm super into yeah. that. A, oh, well, now I know what a jiffy is. People always say a jiffy, but now I know. Now I know just how fast a jiffy is. And I know that a jiffy is faster than two shakes by far. Oh, you know what? I would have intuited that. I think a jif- if I'm back in one single jiff, it's much faster than two shakes, right? Is a jiff faster than one shake, though, in your mind, well, if you had heard mm-hmm. it? Probably not, because you always say two shakes, which makes it. But now I know that a jiff is technically faster than a shake. Yeah. And you, you know, know what? This is the kind of information that is vital to our times. And I'm so glad that people can come to this show and come away smarter, better prepared for well, all of the things that life throws at you. You know, you know, in these trying times, who among us would want to be caught at some sort of, I don't know, robot party where someone misuses a term and then you'll be corrected in front of your friends and confidants? Nobody wants that. Nobody, Nobody wants, wants that embarrassment. That. It's the it's so, literally the worst thing I can think of happening in 2020. I would love, do you know what I would love? I would love if there was um like some sort of smartwatch app or face or something that would let me tell time in like jiffies. Do you remember yes. like when do you remember when Swatch tried to create internet time? Like in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, when Swatch was like, "Oh, we've created no. beat, we've created beat time." Swatch created this thing called Swatch inter, standard internet time, and it was measured in beats. And every day was so many beats. And the idea was because it was a standard time, you wouldn't give people different times in different um, in different time zones or whatever. You would just right. tell them when you were going to be there, internet time, and based on your the, beats based on well i mean beats was the measurement beats were like your seconds or your minutes or whatever okay and the idea was swatch internet time the only thing i ever saw that used swatch internet time was a video game uh for the dreamcast it was called fantasy star online and you could set things up based on beat time and they would tell you when things were going to happen based on internet beat time and like swatch watches would use it for like a couple years there was like a swatch clock in Times square that counted internet beat time for a while um i have no recollection of this no nobody does because it did not work, Jeff. <laughs> Nobody was yeah. interested in beat time. It turns out seconds and minutes are just fine. My guys, Swatch, <laughs> there's no need to, and it wasn't like a, like, oh, there are 10 beats in a minute or something like that. It was like a weird, there were only like eight beats or something like that. It was like you had to do a, a, like fucking algebra in your head. <laughs> but what I would love is like some sort of watch or something where I watch face where I could measure things in minutes and seconds, but I also like to measure things in like femtoseconds or jiffies or shakes. Oh yeah. I want, I want us to have our, uh, our entire, you know, episodes of these show, uh, listed out and, and, you know, you can scrub through in, in gifs, you know, yeah, femtoseconds. Yeah. That'd be amazing. You could just (laughs) decide your level of, of, 
you know, your unit of measure and it's got like this big ass long number, you know, you're like just scrubbing through. That'd be sweet. The worst, the worst thing is like a JKL shuttle through that only skips like 10 gifs ahead because it's nothing. <laughs> it's so nothing. It's fucking nothing. By the time you hit the button, you're already farther than you would have been by, by an order of magnitude. Yeah. By multiple orders to- of magnitude. You ever, you ever get in that thing where you're like, you're trying to move your cursor only one femtosecond and, and it's like, it's so hard because you're, you keep your hands so steady with the cursor and you're trying to just move the thing one femtosecond and you keep overshooting it or undershooting yeah. it. Oh, that's the hardest. And, what, and the thing is, it's like you go back because you know you weren't paying attention during that femtosecond because you got <laughs> distracted and you're like, this is what's going to be oh, I missed something important in that femtosecond. Let me go back. And so you go back two femtoseconds just so you can like, oh, yeah. get backed into it. And you're and like, oh, you realize, I heard this part before. And then you realize like you, you, you drifted off again. You missed the same <laughs> yeah. femtosecond you did before. Yeah. You're just yeah, like, I'm shit. Sure people, I'm sure that happens to people on our show all the time. All you know? the time. I want to apologize for each of the femtoseconds where our show is not interesting <laughs> or funny. But <laughs> there's just, there's, it's it's a number that you cannot fathom though. And yeah. there are not that many saris in the world. <laughs> but hey. We used up all the saris. We just used up there's so many. There's so many. Uh we really hey. shouldn't have done saris based on the femtosecond model. We used them all up. No, I would like to apologize for one epoch. Like there that's what go. I'd like to do. It's easier. I'd like to, I'd like to apologize for just one epoch. I'd like to just be like, <laughs> look, I really fucked up over the last epoch. <laughs> and, Mistakes uh, were made during this epoch, and I'd like I'm to apologize for them. everything I did wrong. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Yeah, um, it covers everything. Uh, some other things that you should know that you'll find interesting. Uh, there, you know, a moment is actually. Mm. Uh, a medieval unit of time used by astronomers to compute astronomical movements. Uh, it's one fortieth yeah, of a solar hour. That's how long a moment is. Ninety seconds is a moment, basically. Yeah, ninety seconds is a moment, and it's also how long astronomers saw those stars in your eyes. It's one single moment. What are you trying to do right now? Are you turning? Nothing, are you trying to turn nothing. this in? Okay. Okay. Don't make it weird, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> uh the longest measurement of seconds we have jeff or the longest measurement with second in its name is a yada second yada second a yada second it's how long it takes for me to get aboard a yacht mm-hmm. a yada second is 31.7 quadrillion years what that's a yada why would that have second in the name at all Cause it's just for a, if you're a yada, it's just a second for you. <laughs> what is a yada second based on? Uh, I don't know what a yada second is based on. In all honestly, all right. in all honesty, it just says that it's thirty one point seven quadrillion years, uh, or a l- very large number of months. Below that, you've got a zeta second, which is thirty one point seven trillion years, uh, and then you've got an exasecond, which is thirty one point seven billion years. Uh, and then you've got an eon, uh, which is 10 to the ninth power years, but could also refer to an indefinite period of time. Yeah. It's either exactly this or whatever you want it or to be. Whatever. 
it's science, but to everybody. Me, but that's every measurement of time to me. I, that's what I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to get across here, Jeff. Oh no, you've made it clear. You've made it clear numerous times in our relationship. <laughs> how long has this been? How long? Uh, how long till you get here? I don't know. About 15 minutes. How long have you been <laughs> watching this? I don't know. About 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, how long till dinner's ready? I don't know. About 15 minutes. Yeah. That's that's the galactic standard for me. That's pretty good. I, I, for me, everything was always five years ago. Uh, I did this thing five years ago, and you know, it was always five years ago that I oh I was a, I did a thing. I I was in college five years ago. It was always five years ago. Do you know that, uh, and this has something to do with, this is not a scientific measurement, but this is just something I'm going to bring up as we're coming, we're bringing this to a close here, is um, there's something about your lifetime versus time that occurs uh, outside of your lifetime, time that you perceive versus time that you are uh, academically aware of. And there's something weird about the measurement of that time. So if you ask me, uh, when were the 1970s? I would tell you 50 years ago. If you yeah, asked yeah. me when were the 1980s, I would tell you 20 years ago. Right. Right. If I didn't totally. think, if I didn't stop to yeah, think. Right. Yeah. No, and I, everything I was is 15 minutes on, ago. I, I read a tweet just the, just yesterday. I read a tweet. Somebody was saying, <clears throat> um, if someone tells me, you know, a thing happened 30 years ago, I go, oh, oh, or 40 years ago or something. It's like, oh, oh, the 60s. <laughs> it's like, no. The eighties, <laughs> 40 years oh, ago, <laughs> 40 years ago. You mean 40 years ago. I was yeah. talking about, I was talking about 40 years ago and you were talking about 40 years ago. <laughs> Got yeah. it. Yeah. But now I know that like, uh, do you know what my favorite measurement of time is? What's that? The cosmological decade. Ooh, what's the Which cosmological a, decade? So the cosmological decade varies actually but it's 10 times the length of the previous cosmological decade with cosmological decade one beginning either 10 seconds or 10 years after the big bang, depending on the definition. So it's just a, it's just a, uh, like decade factorial. It's just this, it's this- a decade, it's a decade factorial that expands as the universe expands. That's a cosmological that. decade. So the longer, the farther away way we are from the Big Bang, the longer the decade feels is. Is. And let me tell you something. Based on my personal experimentation in the year 2020, <laughs> that is absolutely true. This year has been 17 years long, and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. One cosmological decade coming right up every um, week. Right below that, I just just to just to let everybody know, right below that is the galactic year, which is the amount of time it takes the solar system to orbit the center of the Milky Way galaxy. That's awesome. Which is 2.3 times 10 to the eighth power years. I just love that there are people whose day-to-day lives, their their work depends on measuring these levels of time. Oh yeah. It's amazing. It's so cool. And I love galactic year, right? Because it applies the same standard to what a year is. If we're talking about a year being the earth orbiting the sun, let's talk about a galactic year being the solar system orbiting the galaxy. You know, it's so cool. It's such a cool, yeah, that makes sense. It's just, we're just moving out one layer of complexity. It's It's also the sort of thing that'll make you like very, 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 very queasy if you're stoned. Thinking mm. like when you pull out and you think about all that, it's like, oh, the the time, uh, the time it takes the earth to move around the sun. Oh, the time it may, takes the solar system to move around the Milky Way. Oh, my God. Is the Milky Way moving? 
what is the Milky yeah. Way movement? How long does that take? Like, that's the totally. sort of thing where if somebody gets stoned, you don't leave them alone with that information is all I'm saying, Dave. That's just a, that's just a good tip. To you don't do that to somebody with. when they're 16 and they're getting high for the first time, Dave. That's not cool. You don't leave, you don't leave Cosmos on in the background while someone's getting high for the first time, Dave. Well, anyway, Dave, you shouldn't have brought you to that robot party. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's. Uh, let me tell you something. Cosmos was all they had. I was looking for anything else. They had Cosmos, and then they had episodes of How Stuff Works. But the dude had, but the host had it hidden under his mattress. Yeah. And then just like a, a weird. Do you want like, to watch the, entire... the episode about giant drills? Whoa, dude. <laughs> and then I'll show the you entire... how they make pencils. No. Uh... The complete DVD set of Small Wonder for some reason. Also, yeah. I don't understand. I don't get that either. Hey. Uh, did that seem, did that seem a little all over the place to you? It's cause I'm tired <laughs> and we're allowed to be tired. Yeah. But you know everybody's what? Everybody's tired these days. Everybody's tired. I had a long weekend, you know, shit's going on. But if you'd like to discuss time, the measurements of time, how all of this stuff works, you know, this story itself came from our discord. It was suggested to us in the cool science news channel on our discord by from, jinxed from the coolest ele- folks oh sorry go ahead oh sorry by by jinxed 1101 thank you jinx i believe this is the first time we've used one of your stories on the show but we get so many of our stories from the discord and just so many other wonderful pieces of interesting science news throughout the week that's only because the discord is full of incredible people all of whom support our show on patreon the Discord is a closed community, and it just so happens that everybody that supports our show on Patreon is a really cool person. So if you want to join that community, hang out with some really cool people, talk about all sorts of things. There's video game talk. There's animal lovers talk. There's uh, so much going on in our Discord with great folks. Become a patron. Little as a dollar a month gets you into the Discord. And then there's perks above that as well. If you want to get extra bonus content from us, you want to hear what those conversations are that we start every episode with. Hang out. All kinds of stuff. Join Dude, so our many, so many things. Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash we have concerns. Anthony, we've been talking about time. And I kind of mm-hmm. want to continue the discussion of time a little bit, but maybe right. in a different context. Let me ask you, how are you about the sell-by or use-by dates on food? Ooh, buddy, I will tell you, I am, um, it depends on how familiar I am with the type of food, right? Mm. I know for a fact that eggs... I've got like maybe I've got like four or five days. I've got like four or five days on eggs if they're like wiggle room on either side. Like, you're like about. wiggle room, yeah. Like yeah. you know, if the egg's not if the egg's not floating in time, like if the egg's like floating a little bit, you know what I mean. But the bottom is still sinking. That is a uh, a boiling egg. You know what I mean? And that's all you <laughs> yeah. want to do with it. But if it's floating entirely, it's 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 bad. Um, you mean like in produce, the package, just floating in the package? Just yeah, like, they're floating, like levitating. Yeah. <laughs> if the egg is whispering, kill me, 
<laughs> that's a bad sign. And you have one or bad. two days left. But you know, <laughs> things like um, you know, things like yogurt. I mean, come on, man. Yogurt, yogurt do be a culture anyway. Right. Yogurt, yeah. yogurt be alive anyhow. You just put that yogurt in there and like you just kind of like yogurt is a two sniff test. The the sell by date means nothing. Yeah. I That's agree. I I'm I, milk for me. Like it's a sniff test. The, 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 the number on the side is arbitrary. There are other indicators, but let me ask you about something that a lot of people consider to be maybe outside the bounds of normalcy when it comes to sell by or use by dates. And that is the mythical object we refer to as the Twinkie. What do you feel about a Twinkie? Now, there are a lot of urban legends about Twinkies, Jeff. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of urban legends about Twinkies. Some people will tell you that a Twinkie never goes bad. A Twinkie is uh, is 100% chemicals, and so it can never go bad. That was the urban myth about the Twinkie for a very long time. That's Indeed. not entirely true. Some people will tell you that a Twinkie could survive a nuclear blast and not become right. irradiated. People will tell you become that. Become sentient and take over and become Twinkie people. That some people will tell you that. And that is, once again, that's theoretical. We don't know that for sure. Yeah, but if you look at the little Twinkie guy with a cowboy hat on, I feel there like are, it's based on something. There are whispers in the deserts of Nevada in small communities in southern Japan. There are whispers of, of small, tiny, cream-filled people walking the <laughs> deserts. But these are the, we've never captured one on camera is what I'm saying. No, never. But there are artist renditions on every package. <laughs> yeah. We all remember that, uh, that video of the, uh, of the burly, creamy man from the seventies. <laughs> yes. Oh, walking, it's so, it's, walking with those bit with that long gait and those wavy arms in the creamy center. People have tried to say that that photo is a fake, but I, I believe I'm a believer. I'm, hashtag I'm a believer. creamy believer. Hashtag Mothman. Hashtag creamy believer. <laughs> Well, let me tell you about uh, a fellow by the name of Colin Purrington. Colin Purrington uh, that's a, purchased. That's, that's a cartoon cat's name. <laughs> that's the name of a very wealthy cat. I remember that from the Heathcliff cartoon. There was those other cats that Heathcliff hung out with, and some of them had like a junky old hot rod, and then one of them was very fancy. And Colin that was Purrington. Colin Purrington. <laughs> he's the richest hep cat in all Toontown. Oh, and they hate him, and they're always he's always after Heathcliff's girlfriend. And Heathcliff's <laughs> like, oh, oh, Purrington. Money yeah. doesn't make you better. <laughs> Colin Purrington, uh, I don't know if you remember this. I recall this very, very well. But back in 2012, there was a big to-do on the internet about how Twinkies were going away. You weren't going to be able to buy them anymore. Oh, and yeah. I know that people were like making a run on Twinkies at, at, the, at the Walmarts and the grocery stores of the world because sure. there, was, there was this rumor that that um, Hostess was going out of business. Hostess makes Twinkies, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, there were going to be no more Twinkies. Well, yeah, I do remember that. I remember I actually remember sitting in an office at Revision 3 and we were making videos and we, we heard about the Twinkie story and we all like ran out at lunch and we just bought a shit ton of Twinkies for the office. You got to have a I last a, Twinkie. I fucking love a Twinkie, man. Do you really? I find them kind of disgusting, but I, I've eaten I haven't my fair had share. one. 
I have I, I probably have not had one since 2012, and I don't know how my taste buds have changed. But I uh, I do know that like in junior high and high school specifically, I was not just a fan of Twinkies. I was a fan of the off-brand Twinkie by Dolly Madison Bakeries, the Zinger. Oh yeah, Zinger big. is the Twinkie with the frosting on top, right? Or no? Now they can you they come in two two kinds. One that has the frosting on top, and it's great frosting. You can tell because you can peel it right off. You in peel one piece. off in one fucking bite, and it's just a it's just, you can just hang it in the air, and it holds together. It has structural integrity. That's frosting. It looks like somebody made bacon out of play doh, <laughs> and then you eat it. And then you eat it and it's frosting and that's fun. But no, they also came in, they came in a, a plain version and a strawberry version, but I like mm. the, uh, I like the plain one. Yes. Well, Miss, young Mr. Purrington uh, back in 2012 was one of those folks that rushed out and bought himself a box, a case of Twinkies because he was worried the Twinkies were going to go away. Well, fast forward to present day, eight years later, it is... Ten. It is quarantine. It is COVID. Uh, and Mr. Purrington has himself a hankering for some Twinkies and really uh, didn't want to leave the house to get other supplies and realized, mm-hmm. hey, I got that box of 2012 Twinkies in uh, in the closet. Oh, there. Purrington, this isn't going to go the way you think it's going to go. And uh, so Mr. Purrington says to himself, hey, you know, the one thing I know about Twinkies is they never go bad, right? That is the one thing we all know is like, uh, like you said, Anthony, uh, made of some kind of marvelous chemicals that just never, ever change. Never, ever change. You're going to be fine. Yeah. So uh, Mr. Purrington, he tears into a, a, a plastic wrapper of a Twinkie, takes himself a big bite of a eight year old Twinkie and proceeds to start throwing up. Yeah, of course. Purrington, you idiot. You were never good enough for Heathcliff's girlfriend. You have no real world <laughs> skills. You're wealthy, but you don't even know you don't even know what's poison and what's not poison, dipshit. <laughs> I always got Heathcliff confused with Garfield. You know, I sure, feel like they're, they're too fucking similar. Same. They're just orange cats. They the same? They, they, I don't I know. They eat isn't shit. Garfield lazy and and slovenly and Heathcliff has like got an attitude and kind of like a little meaner? Um, yeah, I think it's, I think they're the, well, there are seven cartoon cats that represent the deadly sins, Jeff. (laughs) And Garfield is, Garfield is, uh, is gluttony for sure. Yeah. And and Heathcliff is, Heathcliff is anger. Isn't Pepe Le Pew is lust, isn't that right? He's he's, he's lust, but he's also, he's just a... He's also just a skunk pretending to be a cat. Right. But he always chasing wants to get after with a cats. cat, chasing after a cat yeah. that's pretending to be a skunk, but doesn't know it. Yeah. Um, well, just inadvertently walked under that white paint and made a line right. on the back of them. Um, so that's like, so you would think that Pepe Le Pew is lust and he definitely represents lust. Uh, but he also represents uh, whichever one is, whichever one is. <laughs> Dude, is is lying even one of them? I'm not lying a isn't a sin, dude. Lying is gen- I'm is, not even a is, gentile. I don't lying even go is here. religion. <laughs> That's what religion what is. is. It? It's glut. Wait, wait, hold on. It's it's gluttony, lust, sloth, yeah, greed, sloth, envy, wrath, wrath, pride. I think it is pride. Yeah. 
prime. Yeah. Because that's but, what uh, Kevin Spacey is accused of, accuses himself of. He says he deserves to die because he has the sin of pride. Because he's proud then, of his plan. Sadness. And then he says, become wrath. Right. Become wrath. Strike me down. Sadness used to be one. And then they got rid of it and made it seven. Right? Like, it was literally a sin sadness? to be sad or depressed. Really? Yeah. Sorrow or despair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorrow or despair was considered, they were considered evil thoughts. Um, and that's well, definitely, I don't know which cat, is that Felix? Which one is Felix? <laughs> Felix is definitely sadness. Felix. <laughs> uh, anyway, Felix you know, speaking hubris? of sadness, uh, Maybe this guy Heathcliff ate- is hubris. <laughs> hubris. Uh, speaking of sadness, this guy ate eight-year-old Twinkies. So yeah. what happened is he started uh, violently puking. And uh, he took a look at the the Twinkie, and instead uh, the Didn't bite uh, taken out of the- No, 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 no. Why would you? And we, no. well, to, to his credit, if he has any credit, he opened the package. He saw a yellow Twinkie, and he took a bite out of it. He didn't like dissect the Twinkie first. You know, know, it's, it's an eight year old Twinkie. Old. Just it's it's yellow. It looks so he. That's oh. a lot of. That's just so much blind faith in something you heard about Twinkies. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like yes. that's so like that's wild. That's exactly what it is. Yes. That's so much blind faith. Like you heard once that Twinkies don't go bad. So you're just like, cool. I re- I heard it once. I'll just eat it. <laughs> yeah. That is the Dunning-Kruger um, America American way. We are a Dunning-Kruger nation, my friend. You know what? I heard a thing. I'm pretty sure I'm an expert in that. Um, so where the, when he, you know, he took a bite out of it, where the creamy white center, the cream filled white center should be was a pasty dense beige substance that he said tasted like an old sock. Those are, those are his words. Those are Purrington's words tasted like an old sock Quote, not that I've ever eaten old sock. Purrington. Okay, Classic that's Purrington. weird. It's weird that he doubled down. <laughs> like if you so just what's say, he do? if you say that it tasted like an old sock, like we don't assume that you've eaten an old sock. We just, <laughs> we just kind of know what you mean. You know what I mean? You're yeah. like, you're making, yeah. this is a, Colin, it's a word poem. You're making, you're, it's, it's an analogy, yeah. Colin. It's a, it's a metaphor. We know that you've not, but then, but then when you say dot, 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 <laughs> Not that I've eaten an old sock. That's when we go, Colin. Now we wonder. Yeah. We know that you ate an eight-year-old Twinkie. <laughs> you mentioned sock and then you go, but I haven't. I've never. I would never. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he doth protest Colin. too much. Colin, my guy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Anyway. So, so, Anthony, in the year of our Lord 2020, what does mm-hmm. one do when one finds oneself having done something extraordinarily embarrassing uh, potentially unhealthy and uh, really personal. Well, what does one do? Oh, you post it. You got to post it. You got to post that shit, right? So he takes yeah. that shit to Twitter immediately, posts yeah. a picture of this bizarre fucked up Twinkie, yeah. and uh, it catches the eye of a couple of scientists, Brian Lovett and Matt Kason, who study fungi... At the West Virginia University in Morgantown. These are a couple of fun guys themselves, I'm sure. Uh, and they they study this stuff and they went, 
we we want to check out this Twinkie. We gotta we gotta we gotta find out what's the, what's going on with this Twinkie. So they ask Purrington to send them the Twinkie. He sends them the entire case of Twinkies. And get this, Anthony, the beige innard version of the Twinkie is by far the least fucked up of the Twinkies in his box of Twinkies. Whoa, he lucked out. He he blindly fished in and got. What is clearly the only even semi-edible Twinkie of the bunch. There are pictures. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. You've got to see these pictures. One of them has what looks like a fucking tumor on its side. It is a strange blotch, a sort of brownish, reddish spot on the side. The weirdest of them has is has been turned into some sort of mummified horror show. It I'm is, looking at this picture. You're looking at it, right? How do I explain that? Gray, wrinkled, horrible. It, uh, it looks, looks like, like a, it looks like the bag of dry noodles, crunchy noodles that they give you with Chinese takeout. <laughs> yes. It looks like that. Yeah, it yeah, looks, yeah. That like styrofoam stuff that they put in like you would get the shrimp dish and they put the styrofoam on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking wild. It's and and the air has clearly been sucked out of the, it's been used. The air in the bag has been used. It has been used to, by something. Yes. To grow now, whatever this saw, is. If you just showed me the picture of just this singular Twinkie in its current state. I would be hard pressed to come up with the fact that it originally was a Twinkie. It looks no. so far removed. It, the coloration is completely different. The shape has changed. It is, it is, the texture is completely wrong. It doesn't look anything like a Twinkie. And this is eight years into this Twinkie's life. So what happened to these Twinkies? Well, these scientists uh, proceeded to experiment on these Twinkies to figure out exactly what's going on with the Twinkie and what they used on this particularly horrid mummified Twinkie is something called a bone marrow biopsy tool. So they used a bone marrow biopsy tool on this thing. Why? Because that mummified outer shell is actually hard and dense now, no longer spongy or cake like it is hard and they had to actually like pierce it with this metal implement that's usually used to extract bone marrow. That's okay. Now, here's my thing. These these dudes study fungi. Yeah. Did they have a hunch that there would be fungi in this stuff yes. or That is or exactly they, that's their assumption is that it looked to them, especially that one, the Twinkie that had that sort of reddish brown splotch. That that marking is consistent with something that a fungal infection would show. If you had okay. some sort of fungus growing on something, that's kind of a pattern that would would indicate that. So okay. they're like, oh, this is probably a fungus. We want to know what kind. We want to understand what's going on with this thing. So they pierce this this strange mummified Twinkie with a bone marrow biopsy tool and it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. And then all of a sudden it's soft. They got to the creamy center, the creamy center in this one unchanged. It is still white. It is still soft. It is still creamy. 
So clearly, this is a different process than the other one that Mr. Purrington bit into. So what do they do? They open up the packaging and they said they were uh, expecting a horrific smell to hit them when they opened the snack cake. Uh, but he said, quote, I thought the smell would possibly kill one of us, but because of the mummification, there really was no smell at all, which was really a pleasant surprise. Wow. No smell, no odor. So they, uh, they take the sample that they've got with the uh, bone marrow biopsy tool and they put it into um, a Petri dish and start trying to culture the fungus. They're trying to make it grow. And they can't. They can't. From the other Twinkie with that dark circle, with that little splotch, they were able to grow a species of cladosporium. And they say cladosporium is one of the most common airborne indoor molds in the world. Okay. And they haven't done a DNA analysis to confirm that species, but they think that's that's what it is because that's what grew in their Petri dish. But so far, no fungi have grown from the sample taking out taken out of the mummified Twinkie. So they say, quote, okay. it may be that we don't have any living spores despite this wonderful rare event that we've witnessed. Spores do die, and depending on the fungus, they can die very quickly. But what clearly happened here, or what they theorize as having happened, is that some fungus got into the Twinkie before it was sealed in its plastic Container. That means in the factory, some fungus got into the packaging. Okay. And then it proceeded over the eight years that it was in storage, it proceeded to eat away at this, uh, this spongy cake. Yeah. And consume all of the oxygen in the bag. So it created a vacuum in the bag. As you pointed out, it's all kind of compressed and vacuumed up. And so it used up all of the air inside and died. So the fungus actually died inside the thing, consuming the Twinkie, consuming the air. And you have literally this mummification process that has happened. That is this preserved corpse of some sort of fungus. It's a Twinkie exoskeleton now. (laughs) Yes. It's a goddamn horror show, dude. That's wild. But I understand. So, like, here's my thing. I understand a fungus getting in there and living off of this Twinkie for years. Like, that makes sense. Like, oh, there was, like, there was, like, a little leak of air or whatever. But what about, like, what about the fact that the cream turned into a weird beige thing? Well, clearly that's a different kind of, like, it, not all of these had the same fungus in them. They all had different species. And not the same amount of fungus or, or just, yeah, no, it's, it's, I guess it's by chance, which one got vacuumed up or sealed up inside the, the container. Did did they find any that were, that were untouched? And what happened to the Twinkies that were untouched if they found them? Uh, There is a picture of a Twinkie that is mostly normal looking, but again, that's the one that, I mean, that's the kind that Purrington bit into and they had the, the, like some of the fungus just affected the the inner cream and not the sponge cake others like this mummified one only affected the outer sponge cake and not the inner cream it's Hmm. wild wild to me yeah wow check this out they said we're not giving up 
will fill lab dishes with all kinds of sweet concoctions to try to coax something back to life from the mysterious Twinkie mummy. We enjoy the challenge of trying to culture fungi. Wow. Pretty crazy, huh. right? Yeah. So the takeaway here from my perspective is A, Twinkies don't last forever. B, mm-hmm. Twinkies probably have fungus in them right from the, the manufacturer, <laughs> right from the factory. There's fungus in your, and I get it. We're eating fungus all the time. We're eating spores, you know, just as a common course. We're all fucked up in myriad ways. We know that now post COVID yeah. we live in a world of filth. It's, it's fine, but it looks like they can be some nasty, nasty shit, man. Wow. It just goes to show you, don't believe everything you hear about Twinkies. Yeah. You know? So, you know, two, two takeaways this week. You can't just be Colin, you can't just be like Colin Purrington and be like, I heard once that Twinkie good forever. Yeah. Twinkie not good forever, Colin. Twinkie not good forever. Where did that come from? I, I could see where it's like believable, right? Like I could see where it's like a believable thing, particularly in a pre-internet age to think that, oh, I heard a rumor that Twinkies last forever. And when you look at like the, when you look at the ingredients on a Twinkie, you have to like, there's nothing real. Like you look at it and you're like, there's okay. There's nothing real in this Twinkie. And you're like, okay, it's just a chemical thing. It's sealed up airtight. Like maybe they just don't go bad, but I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe believing that now. (laughs) Like I can't believe (laughs) believing that now as an adult in a world with the internet believing like there is a type of food that never goes bad, right? Because there are, there are, there are foods that people think that about like, people are like, oh, if you get SpaghettiOs, that's the other one. Get SpaghettiOs and they last forever. SpaghettiOs don't last forever, even in an airtight can. There's no yeah, food that lasts forever. If something can last forever, I probably don't want to put it in my body, right? That seems bad. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty yeah. bad. There is an addendum on this article. By the way, this is an article uh, that was sent to us by Jeff under the underscore Rose. You mu- uh, okay, okay. I thought okay for a second. I thought no, it was no, the no, other no. one. It wasn't cahoots. It was it's okay. the underscore Jeff oh, Rose. We love the underscore. We love the underscore. Do, We're glad to see the underscore back. I do have. I have to say, I do. You know, I do use the Jeffs. If you're a Jeff, you're going to get preferential treatment from me. It's just going to work that way. Um, so. There's this addendum at the end of this NPR article that says uh, there is a Twinkie at George Stevens Academy in Maine that has been around since the science teacher started an observational experiment of the Twinkie in 1976. Whoa. It says that Twinkie currently resides in the office of Libby Rosemeyer who reports that it sits in a little glass and wood display case, much like the shield on my desk that is necessary because of the pandemic. Uh, And she says uh, she's actually retiring this year. uh, At the end of this school year, she's retiring as a teacher. She's been teaching for 40 years uh, since the seventies. And um, she said uh, she's going to donate the Twinkie to the school lab when she retires. So there is a Twinkie. That at least appears to be normal. I'm guessing the only reason they kept it around is that it appears normal. Uh, that's been around since 1976. I want to eat it. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I want to oh, eat hell. it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now that you know, now no, that you've seen the photos. Blah! 
Look, I, I get everything I just said and everything I just <laughs> said is very smart and should be listened to. The, can't, the food can't last forever. It can't be good. But if it's been around since 1976, I, I, I want to take a bite. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to swallow it. I don't need to think it tastes good. Oh. I don't need to. But like if it's been around since 1976, I want to open that Twinkie <laughs> and I want to take a bite. I wouldn't take a blind bite the way Purrington did. Yeah, you check the innards first. Well, I mean, I'd take the bite gingerly, <laughs> knowing gingerly. knowing that it can't possibly be good. I would not assume right. the way the way uh, <laughs> the way Purrington did that you could just bite into it and it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, no, gingerly defends you against any kind of infection. That's my understanding. As long as you do something gingerly, there's no yeah. risk. Intent is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> It it doesn't matter what you do as long as your intent is not illegal most of the Dude, time. You know what? You know what's crazy is that <laughs> yesterday, if we if you had asked me this, I would have been like, yeah, I'd pro- I might take a bite of that Twinkie. Having seen these photos of what Purrington put in his fucking mouth, there's no universe where I'm where I'm biting into that 1976 Twinkie. There's no universe. I gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bite into the Twinkie. <laughs> If I could, all right. We need to be honest. We need we need to know from the audience how many yeah. people would bite into the Twinkie. From you buy how many people are going to bite into this Twinkie? You let me know. Uh, you can either tell us on uh, Twitter. I'm at a Carboni. I'm at Jeff Canada. Or you can hit us up in that Discord that we talked about earlier. You get a Discord link automatically uh, if you join our Patreon for a dollar a month or more. Uh, and then if you've seen a story like this, not necessarily like this, this isn't a Twinkie related podcast. I mean, we will take any <laughs> Twinkie related stories that you have, but, uh, you know, any stories that you think would be good for us to discuss Twinkie related or not, you can also send those to, uh, we have concerns show at gmail.com or put them on the subreddit, which is we have concerns dot I would eat the Twinkie. I'm sorry. So disgusting. It's not, it's not necessarily disgusting, Jeff. You don't know until you try that's true. I shouldn't. I shouldn't decide before I actually tried the Frankenstein Twinkie. There you go. That's all I wanted.